Hello and welcome to the Blue Pea Leader podcast. And I'm your host and the founder of Blue Pea Pod, Ruth Sanderson. If you want to become a leader of an organization where people feel alive and fully contribute, one that really understands who you are, lets you contribute your talents, live your purpose and make a difference. Listen in now as we share the latest practical ideas and techniques to experience authentic success through leadership. Hello and welcome to the Blue Pea Leader podcast and I'm your host Ruth Sanderson. In this episode I want to talk about how you can create a culture shift really quickly. But first we need to start by looking at why creating the right culture is important in the first place. So it's the hidden force that drives most of our behavior in the company and so consequently it drives our choices or decisions. I think of it as culture and leadership are the same coin, just different sides. Leaders are responsible for managing the culture, reinforcing what's still working, leading the way and role modelling what needs to evolve. A leader must be right for that stage of a business. You know, there are leaders that are great at turning a business round, those that are great for stability and those that are great for growth. There are leaders who are great for startups, those taking it to the next level, and those who are right for large, mature organisations. Bringing the wrong leader for the phase of the business you're in and complications ensue. Now, what I notice is when new leaders join a team or a business and don't know how to manage culture, then things can get messy fast. This is because they're either fighting the existing culture which can result in them being spat out quickly by the company, or employees play the game and on the surface go along with the new leader, waiting it out until the leader moves on. Existing culture usually wins here. Of course, the new leader could give in to the culture, in which case what needed to change and evolve doesn't, and this is usually slow, creeping death. So let's drill down into what do I mean by culture? Well, in a nutshell, it's derived from unspoken behaviours, mindsets and social patterns. Culture shapes the attitudes, decisions, choices that are made. It defines what's normal, acceptable and rewarded in this team, site or company. Culture's like a soup. If it's a healthy one, it nourishes you. If it's unhealthy for you, then you want to get out. It's actually one reason why people leave within six months of joining an organisation. What's more, as an organisation grows, the culture will evolve. And as it does, some people will choose to leave. The soup no longer right for them. Sometimes, though, evolution is required, but it's fought by everybody, and then the soup becomes toxic, and if nothing happens, the company goes under. Observing the culture can actually be split into three aspects. I call them the easy, the intermediate and the hard. So let's start with the easy. What do you see around you? What's the artefacts, the behaviours? For example, is it open plan? Is it formal dress? Is it got a mini football table? What's the art on the wall? The way the phone is answered or you're greeted at reception or not? You know, it's the surface presentation of the culture. But it might not actually be the culture. Some of what you see could be the desired culture or could be the espoused culture. 
In some cases, it's just a collection of stuff and means nothing at all. Without further inquiry, observation, interrogation, you don't really know how valid this stuff that you're observing is. Plus, you need to remember you're observing it through your subjective filters. Then we've got the intermediate. So these are the values that the company, a team, state. So let's take a a common one, teamwork. Here, though, the thing is, it's how do they behave that demonstrates teamwork? So is it that no decision is made until we all agree? Or people can attend any meeting they fancy if they believe they have something to contribute? Or we work together and no one is left to sink? or no shouting or strong expression of emotion, or it's okay to let rip if it's at the idea and not the person. You see how all of these are different. And without being explicit, then each person will come with their expectation of what the value teamwork means. The upshot is that people think they're living the value and others might disagree. Then the other part is you need to observe are decisions made in line with the values or are they conveniently forgotten if it's going to cost time or money? Then we have the third part, the harder part or the deeper part. So what's the history of the team or organisation? What were the key values, beliefs, assumptions and mindsets of the founder? What worked, brought success that maybe has now been taken for granted as a way to do things and is no longer considered or challenged. It's also taught or passed on to newcomers as this is the way to think, feel, act, to experience success or to stay safe or have some kind of sense of stability. Here you're looking to discover what are the deeper underlying thought patterns that drive emotions and behaviour. So in a short summary then, culture is highly unconscious and unless you become aware of it, it is managing you and the results that are possible. So as a leader, it's critical you become aware of it and learn how to use it. This will help you navigate challenges better as well as bring greater results. Which brings me to a question I'm often asked. What's the fastest way to create a culture shift? Well, The answer is discovering the underlying thought patterns that are driving the culture and once you've got that, you know where to start the shift. So it's about looking for what still works, what's outlived its use, what are people strongly attached to that they're reluctant to let go of, what's required to support the desired culture. Now, sometimes a leader in a team can step back, observe, discover and implement. No external third party help is required. Often, though, external help is. Now, sometimes the external can be external to the team, but external to the company gives you that ultimate fresh perspective. Plus, we've also done this a lot, so we can guide you as to ways of getting the outcome as fast as possible. So here's five reasons that most culture shift initiatives fail. And it's because nobody's actually considered the culture and whether the new change could operate in the current culture. So, first reason, there's insufficient clarity on the purpose and vision of the company. Second, the leadership team thought they were immune to any change and could just outsource it and carry on as before. The third reason is it wasn't managed as culture change. 
You know, it's deep stuff. It's going to bring up strong reactions, both positive and resistant. And you have to be able to handle this, not slap a lid on things or just mandate. Fourth reason, it's implemented through fear. It's kind of like a burning building approach. Mm, Tends to be high cost approach in my experience. And the fifth is that the systems and processes are out of alignment with the new culture. So, for example, let's say the new culture says it's all about teamwork and collaboration. And yet KPIs are set for your function alone. Your bonus is based upon your individual performance. Recruitment criteria or methods are still based on the old culture, etc., etc. So you can see there it's out of alignment. So let's explore leadership and the role of that in creating successful culture shifts. So there's a few components to look at. How self-aware are you as a leader? What's your ability to connect and show, demonstrate empathy? How much clarity can you provide? What's your ability to acquire the right resources to manage this culture change? How well are you able to remove the barriers to change? And, you know, all of this is going to challenge your resilience, your vulnerability, your commitment. So, you know, if there's something in your style of leadership that needs to shift for you to lead people from one culture to the next and continue to successfully lead in the new culture, then you're going to need to work on this. And based on my experience, there will be something as a leader you're going to need to learn, develop or change. So let's look at creating a culture shift in your team. If you're looking to do this, then there's a couple of key elements to consider. So Have a clear vision and purpose that everybody understands and commits to. Have clear values and behaviours that are aligned with the vision and purpose. And then ongoingly, allow time for reflection, both from an individual perspective and as a team. And you should notice the progress of the culture shift by the quality of the conversations that are taking place. What if you're looking to create a culture shift in your department or site or business as a whole. Well, effectively, you're doing what I've just mentioned, but on a much larger scale, which, of course, can be daunting. So it's good to know that there are actually tools and frameworks that allow you to get insight as to where you are right now, where's the low-hanging fruit, what looks like the best path to get you to where you want to be, what are other considerations you need to focus on and improve so that the culture shift is actually sustainable. And so here I'm talking about systems, recruitment, leadership, relationships, learning and growth, the product or service. Now, I personally love the Barrett's Value Culture Assessment for helping with all of this. Yes, there's a cost associated with doing it. However, the insights it reveals and the support it provides is worth its weight in gold. So then how long would it take to create a culture shift? Well, (laughs) the short answer is how long is a piece of string? Now, in a team, it can happen in as little as 90 days if it's managed really well. And then, of course, we can extrapolate from there. So if we were changing the culture of an entire organisation of, say, a thousand plus people, then you're looking at at least a good year plus, again, if it's well managed. Of course, the reason everything takes longer is because there will definitely be shifts required, as I mentioned, in areas like recruitment and compensation, benefits, general organisational systems. And there is that bit between even, you know, it has to be well managed. 
the less well-managed it is, then the longer it will take to do a culture shift. So really, the final benefits, you know, the impact of culture on company performance, well, it indicates the future performance of the business. So whatever your culture is right now is indicating future performance of business. Culture affects engagement of your people, staff retention, being able to attract future talent. And of course, all these things impact customer service and customers' ability to trust in the brand, all of which ultimately hit the bottom line. I come back to something I mentioned earlier. If you're not actively managing the culture of your team, department or company, then it is definitely managing you. If you want to discuss how you can get better at managing your culture, then contact me at bluepeapod.com. And in the meantime, go and be the difference in leadership. (laughs) 